1: Listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rosudo.
0: All right, let's move on to the Seahawks. Okay, um, Geno Smith took a huge step forward last year. He gets another weapon in Jackson smith jigba and I don't know how you can't think that Geno is going to be even better this year, potentially, or at least match what he did last year. Unless you truly believe that last year was just a flash in the pan. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, I really like Gino at his price. QB 16, bro. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, given that he was a QB 1 all of last season. Like, yeah. he was an every week starter for you. And now, his offense got better. He got Zach Charbonnet. He got JSM, Kenny McIntosh out of the backfield for him to check it down to. Um, you know, I know that Kenny McIntosh is a seventh-round pick, but I do think that he plays a role in year one. Bit of a hot take, mm-hmm. maybe, but you know, I think that's going to be the case. Um, so Gino is going to be one of my quarterback targets this year.
1: I don't think that's a bad take at all. I mean, Gino Smith, the price QB 16, like you said, he was finishing, like you said, weekly as a QB one. And you mentioned his offense, like, this is quietly, like I don't want to compare it to the 49ers, but I kind of do because it's really deep at all the skill positions. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, they're lacking a little bit of tight end, they don't have that George Kittle kind of guy, but. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN at wide receiver. That's, is that the top wide receiver trio in the league? It could be, man. If JSN comes through year one, I think so. If you look at that, you know, in terms of overall talent across the board, all three positions, I think there's an argument to be made for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you know, Tyler Boyd, just because Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are those guys. But DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN, there's no quarterback that shouldn't be able to do well with that supporting cast. And you mentioned the running backs too, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet. Geno Smith had his breakout, his late breakout last season, with not this supporting cast. It was worse. And now it's suddenly even better. Like like you said, like I don't think it was a flash in the pan. I, I, I don't think that Geno Smith is like some one-hit wonder now. He got that contract. He's going to be playing. I am actually pretty big on these guys, you know, you know, for the Seahawks. And one of the wide receivers – that I really like is Tyler Lockett. I don't know how you feel about that. Would you be in a group? Would you agree?
0: Hell yeah, man! So Metcalf is going off the board as the wide receiver, wide receiver 15 in the third round. Lockett is going off the board as a wide receiver 33 in the yeah. sixth round. So this is a similar situation to the you know Debo, 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 yeah, <laughs> Debo Ayuk situation, right? Like similar right. ADPs for both of those guys, and again. I prefer the guy who's going later. Like, Lockett stupid value right now, dude. Like, even with the addition of JSN, like, Lockett keeps proving every year that he's way underdrafted, and it's happening again this year. Like, for me, he's close to an auto-pick in the sixth round. Um, You know, and JSN is going ahead of him as the wide receiver 30, and I get it. But in year one, like, I'd bet on Lockett to continue to do what he has been doing in his entire career. I understand he's a little bit older, but, like... He doesn't play like an older receiver. Like we also don't know right. how much eleven personnel the Seahawks are going to be in. Like they like their wide receiver, their two wide receiver, two tight end sets. Um, now I have to think that they open that up a bit, right? Go yeah. through more, go a little bit more three three wide receiver. Given the fact that they, they got JSN, to. they have to get JSN on the field. But mm-hmm. like Metcalf, like where he's going, like I prefer some of the running backs, especially you know, on underdog, like J- like Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, like they're going around that range. Like, I'd mm-hmm. much rather pick those guys, honestly, than, than yeah. D.K. Metcalf. I know running backs get taken a little bit earlier in typical redraft home leagues. Uh, but yeah. an underdog, like, that, those guys are going, like, right around
1: him. Yeah, I'd take Josh Jacobs over D.K. Metcalf any day of the week. And that's just because Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs. We saw what he did. But then D.K. Metcalf, he has now two quality receivers, you know, to kind of compete with. And the way I look at it is JSN can come in. Let's say JSN is just as good as the other two, you know. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett had almost identical production last season. Two completely different wide receivers and skill sets. I see more of that kind of happening. It's just going to spread out even more. And I think that it's going to be very similar to production, JSN, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. So at that point, I think any of them are liable to finish as a wide receiver, one, any given week. So why would I pay a premium price in the third round for DK Metcalf when I could get the same thing pretty much with Tyler Lockett? Three rounds later, you know what I mean? So that's how I'm looking at it. I'm playing the value game. Obviously, DK Metcalf is just a monster. But if you want to look at the way that this offense is probably going to run, Geno Smith has shown that he's a distributor. He doesn't really focus in on one wide receiver or another. That's evidenced by the almost identical stat lines between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett last season. I think the same thing's going to happen this way. And that's probably good news, too, for JSN. But I don't see anybody establishing themselves as a clear head and shoulders wide receiver one in this offense. And that's not a bad thing. They're all going to get have their weeks.
0: I, I can totally see that. Um, now we we talked about this backfield way too much already, um, but in a nutshell, I'm avoiding it. Right? I love Kenneth yep. Walker, but I'm not drafting him as the RB fifteen where he's going right now with Charbonnet around. He doesn't catch passes. He might max out at fifteen to sixteen carries per game, it, assuming Charbonnet has a real role. So it's that simple for me, dude. Like yeah. Charbonnet is being drafted as a RB thirty two. Even there, I'm out. Like, he could provide value if Walker gets hurt. I think mm-hmm. I, I would call him, like, a handcuff plus. Okay, so he's going in the ninth yeah. round. I call him a handcuff plus because, like, he'll have some touches but also hurt. But, you know, I'm not drafting him just solely for that reason. Yeah. So, I think they're me, especially with where Walker's going right now. Like, I, I like him. Like, I think he can be legit 1A, but he needs to be cheaper for me.
1: Yeah, the whole problem with this backfield is the price that they're going at. They're both kind of inflated, I feel like. I'm avoiding them at their price, but I'm saying if either of them falls like two or three rounds later, and that's that's sure. drastic, if either of them falls two or three rounds rounds later, this is still a good offense. They're going to produce. It's just not going to be up to the level that you would get drafting somebody else where they're going. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. like they're both good players. I'm not like avoiding them because like oh they're not going to produce. They're, they're going to suck. No, it's just because of the situation they're in.
0: All right, let's talk about the Rams, man. So who are we targeting on this offense? Like besides Cooper cup, like I think the only guys like only other fantasy relevant player on this team right now is K makers. Now there yeah. is some concern with cup, you know, because of the fact that Stafford had a, a very tough injury plagued season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to some of the me- medical experts I've spoken to Stafford's injuries, like individually, they're not like super related to each other. They should heal to a point where he should be fine for this season. So I, I think we should be okay with Cup being taken early first round, like as this elite fantasy player. Now Stafford has been relatively injury prone throughout his career. like, does that give you a little bit of pause for Cooper cup? Um,
1: no. I mean, I think that Cooper cup's going to produce regardless. I think he's the safest bet on this offense. 100%. There's no doubt with Matthew Stafford though. Like it wasn't just the injuries. I don't want to just excuse the performance last season because of injuries, you know, he missed a lot of time last season, but even when he was playing, like it was rough. So he took a step back, obviously, from the year that they won the Super Bowl. That was 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And he had just 10 touchdowns in nine games and also through eight interceptions, which is obviously not ideal. So he didn't look the same. And, and I, I mean, think
0: all those touchdowns probably went to Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah. And that's the like thing. Cooper, Cooper Cup looked <laughs> like he had a normal, you know, this is Cooper Cup production, you know, he just targets him and that's it. And that's, one way to do it for fancy that's fantastic for winning football games that's really not so I'm not too worried about Cooper Cup even if Stafford has to play a little banged up because that's kind of a, what I think was going on it, if Stafford gets back to 100% um, like he was last season then I'm not worried about it because he was playing poorly and Cooper Cup was still producing if you want to look at it that way I'm not worried about that even if if he does play a little bit banged up I'm not sure I'm not giving it too much pause though like you said to answer your question like Cooper Cup is that guy he's going to get the targets he's separating like ridiculous like he's still a route running machine he can catch I'm not worried about Cooper Cup at all regardless of what happens in this offense it it all goes back to Matthew Stafford and that's the X factor for determining whether they're going to be competing or just losing this season I, I think Matthew Stafford I don't really like him this season.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. And and as far as Cam Akers goes, like, uh, there isn't really a whole lot of competition. Like, I wouldn't consider Kyron Williams or Zach Evans to be like real threats to Akers. And from that standpoint, you know, Akers is probably in line for a lot of touches this year. He averaged 23 touches per game over his last three games of last year. Um, That resulted in 136 average yards from scrimmage. Um, So he's going off the board as the RB24. You know, low end RB2. There are some better picks, in my opinion, going a little bit after him, like James Conner and David Montgomery. I think I'd rather have those two guys. Um, but that's about it. So like I think I'm okay with the price. Like, we don't know what the situation is gonna be like with a player like him post-Achilles. You know, he's obviously a season removed from that. Um, I'm not like overly excited to grab him, but I think there's a world where he's like a solid RB2 this year. Um now let me ask you this. Rashad White is going right next to him, assuming you're in a full PPR league. Who would you rather draft today? Him or Rashad White?
1: Cam Akers. It is not even close for me. I'm not – I know you're a Rashad White guy. I am not. I'm I'm not not. humongous on Rashad White. You – eh. I guess maybe as a waiver guy last season. We talked about him as a waiver guy. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. But Cam Akers, I think, has the upside to be that every down back that we kind of saw last season at the end where he's producing like ridiculous amounts, rushing for a bunch of yards, That's what we wanted to see all season, last season. I think that he has that chance um, this season to capitalize. He's only 23 years old. His best days are ahead of him. He's now a full year removed further from the Achilles tear that took him out in 2021. I'm big on Cam Akers at his price, and I'm big on another guy going right next to him in the draft, but we'll talk about him on Thursday. That's Isaiah Pacheco. We'll get in on that. But So both of those guys are like the dead zone running backs. I I love them, though.
0: I think I'm okay taking Rashad White there. Like, if I had to guess who's going to have a higher floor every week, I think it would be Rashad White. My only concern with White is that he was pretty ineffective on the ground. And is there going to be somebody to compliment him there? Right. We that's don't know that. Saying, yeah. And so, you know, if I, but if I know that he's going to be a three down player and I know he, his, his real skill sets in the receiving game, right. He could be an elite player there. So right. that's why I'm kind of holding out hope that if, if there is no running back that joins this backfield like a veteran, like a Zeke, you know, I don't think Fortnite's going to go back there. Um, but if that happens, then obviously his upside decreases, like the goal line roll, stuff like that. Yeah. And already that offense isn't going to be that good for there to ha- be a legit goal line roll. So I, I, I think I, I like Rashad White just because I think he could potentially give you five to six catches per game. And I think K-Makers is not going to be doing anywhere close to that um, or getting any production close to that in terms of the receiving game. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the, the difference is for me. Um, which offense will be better. I think the Bucks offense is going to be better than the Rams next year. So, you know, is you it more 2023? opportunity? Yeah, I think the Bucs are going to be better than the, the Rams. That's a hot yeah. take
1: for me. Is it I, really? I, don't know.
0: I think the Rams are, are going to be absolutely terrible next year. The Bucs at least have horrific. some weapons, man.
1: On offense, I don't think they're going to be horrific. I'm more concerned about the Rams defense, but horrific – like, I don't think offense is going to be that bad. I mean, who's quarterbacking the Buccaneers?
0: The offensive line stinks. <laughs> Okay. K Makers is all they have in the backfield. it doesn't really matter who they have in the backfield, to be honest with you. Matt Stafford, I don't know how long he's going to hold up for. And they have nobody outside of Cooper Cup to pass the ball to.
1: That's fair. Well, what about Tyler Higby?
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No,
1: I hear no, you. I will I, say. I,
0: I, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just the listen, it, it, They have Baker Mayfield. Okay. who Who's, 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 you know he's not great, but like, if you have Chris Godwin, you ha- you have Mike Evans there. Like that's already like an upgrade. You know what I'm saying uh, in the yeah. past game at least. You know, like so I think, I think the offense can be okay. I think they. Can I guess be, their
1: offensive line or, is better too.
0: Yeah, they, they could be less that. than average, I would say. But I think the Rams has have a chance to be like a top like a bottom like bottom eight <laughs> offense, a top eight bad offense, <laughs> top eight bad offense. I really do. Now I, I will say like the, another note here. Is that you know rookie wide receiver Puka Nakua, right? Mm-hmm. Day three pick. They have a chance. He has a chance to start for the Rams at some point this year. It could be even Week One. Um, yeah, he's a late round or like free agency, you know, waiver guy to pay attention to. You know, he's wearing Robert Woods' old number, so that means a lot. Yeah, uh, but also the the word <laughs> is that in rookie OTAs, like according to the Athletics, Jordan Rodriguez, who's super close to the team, his only competition right now. It's Ben Skaronik. He can win that job opposite Van Jefferson on uh, opposite Van Jefferson on the outside. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's been standing out at OTA. So someone to pay attention to late yeah. in drafts or just Definitely. wait for free agency pick him up before week one.
1: Yeah, That's especially considering it's Cooper Cup and then nobody behind Pretty him. Pretty much like you said. Pretty I much. I mean, what does he have to go through? It's not like he's running through barbed wire trying to get through up through this depth chart. It's just gonna be oh. He, he'll it's, no,
0: it, it's no secret that I'm a big Puka, Puka fan after watching no. him at the Senior Bowl. So if he could do his thing and then Cam, you know, Sean can work his magic with how he schemes up wide receivers, I think Puka can be pretty productive as long as he can yeah. stay healthy. I'm with it. That's going to do it for this one. If you want the full rankings, patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy, superflex, dynasty, redraft, non-superflex, all of it. PPR, half PPR, Whatever. Whatever format you plan, you can find the rankings there at patreon.com slash fantasy. Make sure to check out Underdog. Use the code upperhand uh, for a 100% match on your first deposit. Play some best ball. You know, take advantage of a lot of these values that we've been talking about during this podcast and others. And that's going to do it, guys. Appreciate you. Rate and review the podcast if you can. Subscribe as well. We'll be back on Friday talking about the NFC
1: AFC 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 West.
0: (laughs) (laughs) AFC West. All right. Talk to you guys then. See you later. Bye-bye.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.